This episode of The Other Side of Darkness is dedicated to the memory of Julie Cruz and Philip Baker Hall, who were both greatly responsible for making Twin Peaks and Seinfeld so unforgettable. The following episode of The Other Side of Darkness includes staged audio depictions of gun violence, vomiting, explicit language, and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. The Other Side of Darkness is brought to you in part by Tweed's Cafe of North Bend, Washington, the real-world site of the Twin Peaks Double R. Stop by in person at 137 West North Bend Way for a slice of cherry pie and a damn good cup of coffee, and follow Tweed's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tweed's Cafe. Welcome to The Other Side of Darkness, an episodic Seinfeld parody story that follows Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer on a dark and mysterious journey inspired by the work of David Lynch. The Other Side of Darkness is produced by Sign Peaks. I'm Jesse, also known as Sign Peaks, your host and narrator. You're about to listen to part three of The Other Side of Darkness. If you haven't listened to parts one and two yet, go back and do that first. And if you enjoy the show, do what you can to help spread the word. Uh, Share a link on Facebook or write us a review on your podcast app. And don't forget to subscribe. We are not even halfway through this story, so there is much more to come, and I don't want you to miss it. Stay tuned after the show for this week's musical guest, Lula is in Trouble. Now please enjoy Seinfeld, The Other Side of Darkness, Part 3. The human heart yearns for adventure. We seek to satisfy it in many ways. Meeting a stranger. Pursuing knowledge. Solving life's mysteries. We long to go beyond the walls of what is known. To tame the wilderness and bring light to the dark. But there is a kind of darkness that cannot be made light. A mystery that cannot be solved. A stranger that remains strange. Sign Peaks presents Seinfeld, The Other Side of Darkness, Part 3, The Stranger. Tonight on Fright Night Theater, Jerry's apartment, late night. Jerry lies on the couch, half asleep. that Jerry gets up and walks to the window in the street below a minivan sits crumpled into the rear of a sedan smoke billowing from the hood the drivers leap from their vehicles and begin shouting at one another Jerry cracks an amused smirk as he watches from his window. Suddenly, the first man pulls out a gun. Jerry's smirk disappears. The second man raises his hands, backs away slowly, and gets back into his van. Then, 
The first man drops his gun and falls dead in the street, blood streaming from his head. A bystander screams and falls to the sidewalk, her chest bleeding from the second shot. The driver of the minivan pulls the car into reverse, backs away from the sedan, and speeds off, running over the body of the first man with a sickening crunch. An elderly man runs out from a nearby apartment building. Jerry's neighbor, Sid, who has been parking cars on this block for decades. He runs to the innocent bystander who is quickly bleeding out. Oh, God. Sid lifts the woman into a sitting position. She begins to vomit blood. Jesus. Help. Call an ambulance. Oh, Jesus. God, please. Neighbors step out of their homes and form a crowd around the scene. A young man runs in to help. Here, help me, help me lift your feet. We need to get blood to the head. Jerry continues to watch from his window. Ah, uh, that's a shame. <laughs> he steps away from the window and walks to the bathroom. He turns on the tap and splashes his face in the sink. Lifting his head, Jerry looks into the mirror. The reflection is dark and foggy, as if the room were full of smoke. What? Jerry leans in, opening his mouth. <gasps> he finds that his teeth are made of wood. <laughs> Jerry reaches into his mouth with both hands, touching his teeth, tugging at them. He's bewildered. He tries to scream, but no sound comes out. Jerry's eyes bulge in terror. He grips a tooth and pulls it. Oh! It comes out in his fingers, wooden on top with a dark green root hanging underneath. What? Jerry looks back to the mirror and sees a man standing behind him. Hello, Jerry. Then, in an instant, the room is silent. Jerry's reflection is once again as it should be. He looks into his hand. Instead of a tooth, he holds something small, round, and dark brown. A junior mint. Yes? Mr. Peterman? It's Elaine. I I'm in Taiwan. How do I get to the factory from here? You didn't give me an address or anything. Elaine, you're the brightest, most resourceful person I know. I have no doubt you'll find your way with no trouble at all. You don't know where the factory is, do you? <laughs> haven't the faintest clue. Great. Do you have a phone number? A letter from the union? Anything? Hmm. You know, it occurs to me now that our scarf manufacturer may be based in Thailand, not Taiwan. <laughs> ha! What a lark. Elaine, you have my deepest apologies. Ugh, fine, fine. Ugh, what do I do now? I can have my assistant book you a flight to Bangkok, but it won't be for a few days. I've given Miriam the rest of the week off to tend to a private matter. Oh, 
God. Yes, a urinary tract infection. And a bastard at that. <laughs> Elaine, you'll have to find a hotel in the meantime. How's your Mandarin? Ugh, I'll figure it out. Uh, Mr. Peterman, just tell me one thing. The woman in, in your dream? Yes, Elaine? Was she my mother? Elaine, your intuition springs from a fount of deep and ancient wisdom that flows within you and all around you. You are now, more than ever before, deeply and irreversibly connected to the infinite heart of creation. That connection will serve you well on your journey. Ah, that's my stromboli. <laughs> Take care, Elaine. I'll be in touch soon. Peterman! Jerry and George sit on the couch in George's apartment, watching as a police officer attempts to pry a tape from George's destroyed VCR. Another cop inspects the window. Kramer hovers over his shoulder, watching and taking notes. Oh, that's interesting. Can I help you? Eh, don't mind me. I'm just taking it all in, learning the trade, forensics, procedure, and so forth. You a private investigator? Oh, just an enthusiast. Jerry, can you believe this? I got a stalker. What are you, excited about this? It's kind of flattering. Somebody wants to kill you. You must be doing something worth noticing. Yeah. Hey, what happened to that therapist you were going to? Oh, she gave up. That's too bad. Mr. Costanza? Yes? We've checked the doors and windows, and there's no sign of forced entry. Now, the VCR's jammed and the tape's ruined, so there's no way to recover what was on it. Can you walk us through what you saw? Kramer stands next to the officers and flips open his notepad, clicking his pen. Yeah, well, it started off with the pilot that we made for NBC. Jerry. Yeah, you saw it? Yeah. What'd you think? Eh, it was all right. Butler thing was kind of contrived. So what happened next? Well, then there were all these recordings of me at the diner, on the beach, at work, and then, and then they were in my apartment recording me from my kitchen. This apartment? No, my old place. This would have been about five or six years ago. What were you doing? I was... reading? We've been through this whole apartment. There's not a single book in here. What were you reading? It was a library book. <laughs> it's unimportant. The point is, someone violated the sanctity of my private property with malevolent, possibly murderous intentions. <laughs> so, what happens next? Protective custody? You get a squad car outside the building? What is it? <laughs> We'll take the VCR to the lab, see if they can get the tape out. They might be able to get some prints off the cassette. But there is one other possibility. What's that? That you made it all up? What? That is insane! Do you think I am so desperate for attention that I would go to such great lengths, create an elaborate hoax, all just to glorify my ego and mask some deep-seated insecurities? Based on this interaction, <laughs> Yeah, I'd say that's something you'd do. Kramer follows the officers out the door, 
you stay here. <laughs> Be on the lookout. Ten four. Elaine walks down a busy Taipei street in a heavy downpour, dragging her suitcase and struggling with an unfolded map. A passing skateboarder bumps her shoulder, sending her suitcase flying into the street and her purse spilling onto the sidewalk. Hey! Jackass! Drenched in rain, Elaine begins to gather her belongings. After a moment, she no longer feels the rain on her back. Looking up, Elaine sees a young businesswoman shielding her with an umbrella. Here, let me help you. That was so rude. Oh, thank you. The woman helps collect Elaine's things and hands her back her purse. I was so busy with this stupid map, I didn't even see him. I don't even know where I'm going. That's the best way to get someplace you've never been. Huh. Yeah, I guess it is. Where are you staying? Uh, the, the Hilbert Hotel. Hey, me too. I'll give you a ride. A black limousine pulls up to the curb and parks. Ever been in a limo? Twice. Once with Nazis. <laughs> Jerry, George, and Kramer browse the magazine stand at a bodega. The nerve of that cop! But you gotta admit, that is something you do. Yeah, but they don't know that. They just met me. You've got 30 years of lying and cheating to consider. You can't make that call after half an hour. Well, you make a powerful first impression. Kramer flips through a People magazine. Since when does Jon Stewart host The Daily Show? He took over back in January. Yeah, what happened to Craig Kilborn? He does the late, late show now. No, 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 that's Tom Snyder. Tom Snyder retired. Where was I during all this? Prison. Boy, you miss a lot on the inside. Oh, Jerry, how was Conan? What? You were on late night last night, right? No, that's tonight. Hey, buddy, that was a great set last night. Guys, I wasn't on last night. You were. You had that bit about that guy in the Butcher of Plainview. It was brilliant. A little dark. The audience didn't get it. Conan seemed uncomfortable. But hey, you know, that's where comedy's going. I don't remember any of this. Wait, what's today? The third. The third? <sighs> Wait a minute. Don't you see what's going on here? It's that damn evil flower. Kramer, it's not the flower. Oh, yeah. Look at ya! Missing chunks of your memory, telling sick twisted jokes about serial killers on late night television? It's that pod, Jerry! It's controlling you! You're a pod person! I am not a pod person! Oh, you're a pod person, alright. Sure, it starts with a few blackouts, forgetting names and faces. Next thing you know, you're sprouting leaves out of your eye sockets and thirsting for human flesh! I mean, this is just like Swamp Thing. That's actually nothing like Swamp Thing. The, uh, the thing. Mm, not really. 
Oh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> That's a classic. Jerry turns to pay for a newspaper. Oh, Kramer, how's the Bob Sacamano thing going? Well, I've got a few theories. Found out he's working at Champagne Video. I'm going to go see if they know anything. Maybe go with you. I want to get a refund for that rental. Refund? Yeah, I never even got to watch the movie. George, you're being targeted by a psychopath. You think this is the best use of your time? Jerry, whoever made that tape invaded my private life, broke into my home, and destroyed my VCR. Now they can intimidate me, stalk me, threaten my life, but I'll be damned if they take my money too! <laughs> Elaine stares out the limousine window as the car passes through the streets of Taipei. Thanks again for the ride. No problem. So, what are you doing in Taiwan? <laughs> Waiting on a UTI to clear up. <laughs> what? Uh, not mine. S some someone else's. You could have just said work. Work? <laughs> what about you? I'm here for a meeting. I'm an importer-exporter. Really? What do you import? Citrus extract, grapefruit, some lemon. And what do you export? Diaphragms. Hey, are you in a hurry? No, why? I was gonna stop for a drink. There's a great spot around the corner. Do you like schnapps? Hmm, I've been known to drink a schnapps or two. Wait a second, George. When did you rent that tape? Monday. Bob would have been working. Let me do the talking. Hi, can I help you? Are you the owner of this establishment? Assistant manager, is something wrong? Uh, I'll ask the questions around here, kid. <laughs> Kramer pulls a photo of George out of his jacket. You recognize this man? Him? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he came in here Monday, rented a tape. Kramer pulls out the VHS case for Rochelle Rochelle 2. Mm, this tape? Yeah. And did you personally handle this transaction? No, it was the new guy. Look, are you a cop or something? Oh, they wish. No, I'm the guy they call when the rules get in the way. Now you listen to me, buster. You can either start talking... I could take you downtown and introduce you to some of my friends, you catch my drift. <laughs> now, tell me about this new guy. Well, it was his first day, last day too. We quit right after his shift. Ah, and did this man's name happen to be Bob Sacramento? No. I, that's what? <laughs> yeah, his name wasn't Bob, it was Billy. Billy? Billy who? Um... Mumfrey. Billy Mumfrey? Jerry sits alone in the booth at Monk's. He sees the store manager, Larry, wiping down a nearby table. Hey, Larry. Yeah? Jerry motions toward the unseen far side of the coffee shop. Tell me something. What's up with the lighting on that side of the restaurant? Has it always been that dark? Yeah. 
Electrical problem. What, bad wiring? No, wiring's fine. Bad bulbs? Fine bulbs. Bad breaker? You an electrician? <laughs> no, just curious. Well, unless you have any further questions about our wiring, plumbing, or air conditioning, I'm gonna get back to work. No, that's all, thanks. Larry rolls his eyes and walks away. Jerry continues to stare at the far side of the restaurant. Hmm. Um, the lanky one with, with the hair like a racer head. He comes out with this giant cage full of doves, and I have to tell him that the car is gone. <laughs> Wait, is he the one you dated? No, 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 that's Jerry. Although Kramer has seen me naked. Twice if you count my nipple. No kidding, how did that make you feel? What? When your friend saw you naked. Oh, oh, humiliated. It was terrible. Why? What do you mean? Well, so what if he saw you naked? What's the big deal? Uh, well, you know, it's a very private thing. Hmm. Have you always been ashamed of your body? <laughs> Excuse me? You shouldn't be. You're very attractive. Well, thank you. The woman reaches out and touches Elaine's arm. You're welcome, Elaine. Elaine smiles and takes a drink. When she puts down her glass, her smile fades. I don't think I ever told you my name. Did I? Sure you did. Elaine Marie Bennis. When did I say my name? We've met before. <laughs> no, I don't think we have. It was years ago. Where? Baltimore. Before your sister got sick. Are you sure? Of course, it hasn't happened yet. What? You'll see. The woman reaches inside her purse, withdrawing a small figurine of the Bodhisattva Guan Yin. Do you know who this is? No. The woman smiles, placing it back in her bag. Are you happy? What? With your job, your relationships, I mean, are you satisfied? When you have sex, do you come or do you fake it? <laughs> That's none of your business. <laughs> oh, it's worse than I thought. You're shut tight, like a frightened turtle. Must be dark in there. Elaine takes one last swig of her schnapps and stands up. I think we're done here. She swings her bag over her shoulder and walks away. 
Mary says hello. <gasps> Elaine freezes. What the fuck did you just say? The woman smiles calmly, saying nothing. Elaine raises a trembling finger as she backs away slowly. <laughs> You're sick, and you need to stay the fuck away from me. The woman watches as Elaine storms out of the bar and disappears into the street. George and Kramer watch as the clerk opens an employee's locker in the back room of the video store. Honestly, I'm not surprised you're after this guy. He was weird as hell. How so? Well, he creeped all of us out. He'd just stare at you and not say anything. And then when he did talk, it was in like riddles or something. The clerk removes a number of items from the locker and places them in a box. <laughs> he left his crap here when he quit. I was just gonna dump it. You want it for evidence or something? Uh, we'll take it from here, kid. George? Grab that box for me, will ya? Wait, Kramer, the refund! I need my money back for that rental. What? Your tape destroyed my VCR! Wait, the tape's destroyed? Hell no! If anything, you owe me money. No! 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 Hey, 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 hey. shut up the both of you! Look at you, bickering over money while there are lives at stake! Now I put my ass on the line every day in this city for punks like you, and this is the thanks I get? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come on, George, let's get the hell out of here. Kramer throws open the door and exits with George close behind. The door swings back and hits George, who falls over, sending the contents of the box spilling onto the sidewalk. Oh, whoa, George. You okay? Uh, yeah. Here, let me help you out. You've got to be more careful, buddy. Thanks. Here, let me put this stuff back in the box. Wait a second. Is this... It can't be. What is that? I think this is my hat. It's a Russian hat. I bought it a couple years ago. Thought I'd lost it. How did it wind up here? And look at this pen. Isn't... Isn't this Jerry's? Yeah. That's his astronaut pen. And this drawing. This is Elaine's. This is her New Yorker cartoon. Look at all this stuff. Oh my god. What? Kramer? Look at this license plate. <gasps> Ass man. Who the hell are we dealing with here? This week's musical guest is Lula Is In Trouble, an Italy-based visual artist and dark lullabies composer. Lula says you can find her inside a dream or by following at Lula Is In Trouble on Twitter and Instagram. Now, 
Here's Lula is in trouble with her song Lost Highway Motel.
bang, 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 The Other Side of Darkness is voiced by Michael Scudieri as Jerry, Ethan Dragon as George, Beth Maraver as Elaine, Mike Dowd as Kramer, Colin Keating as Darren Drucken, Patrick Edwards as Officer One, Ryan Paul as Jay Peterman and Officer Two, Derek Ratliff as Sid and Larry, John Cohen as Video Store Clerk, and Olivia Pop as Sue Ching. Additional voices by Doug Eberly, Caleb Brown, Richard Penner, and Victoria Menchala. Music by Cody McCory, Patrick Edwards, Ivor Bowitz, Matthew McAlvin, Fletcher Allison, Jake Bowman, Caleb Churchill, Patrick Mahan, Carla Salangre, and Robert McDonald. Sound effects downloaded from freesound.org. Laughter sound effect by Jay Zazdarek under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a positive rating and review on your podcasting app. You can follow Sign Peaks on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and we've also got a Facebook group you can join. Just search Sign Peaks, two words, on Facebook. And you can also visit our store at signpeaks.threadless.com for merchandise. 50% of proceeds for the month of June will be donated to Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. And if you'd like to support this series, you can visit patreon.com slash signpeaks to get early access to episodes and exclusive merchandise. All links mentioned can be found in this episode's show notes. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, you might also enjoy watching Owen Wilson, the first podcast dedicated entirely to everyone's favorite catchphrase-loving comedic actor. Hosts Jake Menez and Michael J. Teeter make their way through Owen Wilson's entire filmography, rating each movie, counting each wow, and bringing in guests in an effort to befriend Owen Wilson himself. Find Watching Owen Wilson on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and at watercooler.com. You can also listen to Mike Dowd, the voice of Kramer on this podcast, on his own podcast, Welcome to Twin Speaks. That's Twin Speaks with an S. Here's Mike and co-host Janine with more. Hi, I'm Mike. And hello, I'm Janine. And this is Welcome to Twin Speaks. We are a bi-weekly podcast exploring the weird and wonderful world of David Lynch's master hit TV series, Twin Peaks. We will be going episode by episode, really discussing the legacy of Twin Peaks that it's left for 
television and pop culture that maybe you've never heard before. And if you're someone like me, who's actually seeing it for the very first time, um, I welcome you to dive in with me with no spoilers as we go along and I avoid all the Google researching in what's to come with fresh eyes and fresh ears and bask in the wonderfully weird. Yes. And if you've seen the show before, you can see it through the first time through Janine's eyes. It'll be like it'll be like you're watching Twin Peaks for the first time. So grab a cup of joe, grab some donuts and some cherry pie, and join us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to Twin Speaks. The Other Side of Darkness is written, performed, and produced strictly as a work of parody. The Other Side of Darkness is not endorsed by Castle Rock Entertainment, Sony Pictures, NBC, Warner Brothers Records, Rhino Records, Lynch Frost Productions, Twin Peaks Productions, CBS, or Showtime. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Seinfeld, the Seinfeld logo, and all Seinfeld characters, story elements, and intellectual property are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. The makers of The Other Side of Darkness make no claims directly or indirectly of ownership to any elements held by these trademark and or copyright holders other than original characters, story elements, and other intellectual properties created specifically by the makers of this podcast. Musical elements referencing themes and motifs from the original theme music to Seinfeld and Twin Peaks are created expressly as works of parody and do not imply claims to ownership of said music. Yeah. <laughs> 